how do we still improve? How do we feel like we're improving? How do we, you know, just what can we do to adjust? Improving cardio, flexibility, improving your diet. You wonder why he's so good. Those are so important and you don't need to leave your house to do that. It's all about technique. It's all about discipline. The whole point of jujitsu is being able to adapt. All right, guys, this is another episode of From the Dojo Podcast, and I'm here with Edsel, my coach, and uh, it's an a interesting topic today. Edsel actually brought this up, and it might be really relevant for everyone that's currently in shelter in place, or, you know, this question is re- re- like relevant for a lot of different reasons, injury, switch, like whatever, but the real topic is switching schools. Like yeah. just, I put it up there, switching schools, it's pretty ambiguous for me because Switching school means so much. It's like, how to switch to a school? Is switching the right move? Should you think about switching school, sh- schools? How should you approach it? How should you feel about it? How does, how does, from a coach's perspective, feel about it? How does a student perspective feel about it? Like, um, it's a pretty big topic. So I think it'd be fun for us to do it because not only do we have our opinions on it, but we have our own experiences for sure. Like, um, I have a unique experience with the idea of switching schools. Um, and then I'm sure Edsel, you got some too. So before we crack into it, do you want to say anything about it or explain the topic or how? Yeah, you Yeah, yeah, no. I I would say I think uh, we're gonna try our best uh, <laughs> to to cover the scenarios and situations that that you know we've experienced ourselves, anecdotal st- stories that we've heard other people experience. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, like before we even started this, we talked really quick about trying to like uh, remove the assumptions of 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 whatever whatever people have when it comes to this the the viewpoints um and the feelings that people have about it uh and just kind of try to make it as seamless and painless as possible because uh the transition can be can be without without really being honest it's it's heartbreaking it can be heartbreaking (laughs) (laughs) you know i i so before like i before we go into like how we approach it or how we would advise other people to approach it i think uh there there's it's like split people who know and people who don't know when you say the word switching schools there's a half of jujitsu people being like uh they start they start hearing the word kriyansh and then they start thinking like traitor or like loyalty like these various words come into play when you say those words switching schools Mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll we'll crack into like the different types of perspectives there but then there's the other side which have no idea they're like i don't like this school so i'm going to switch and it's just easy for them because they're brand new to jiu-jitsu most likely they've not really trained a ton in jiu-jitsu or they haven't really made a connection personally with people within their team or with their coach and they just see it as a business transaction and all that stuff and they just move on and the 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 stuff that we're going to talk about today i know i want to help the people sort of get more clarity on that that first side, which is like, damn, there's a lot of pressure. Like I, I feel pressure not to leave, even though I think it's good for me. But then there's the other side where it's like, it's just a business, bro. I, there's advice for you guys too, because um, there's uh, for some, it's going to be really hard to even come to the conclusion of switching a gym and others are just really simple, but there is a right and wrong way to do it or roughly right and roughly wrong. And uh, so, you know, that's, I think that's a little bit of context I can help you know, help people understand why this is a topic. First of all, why is this a topic we're talking about? And then the second is people that are on board being like, yo, yeah, so how do I do it? You know? 
there's another component, which is I've come to the conclusion of switching gyms uh, based on a certain set of assumptions. And then I want to make sure that uh, if, you know, switching gyms is a big deal, it's a big decision. And there's a lot of uh, relationships that will be cut, new relations that will be sown. So like, uh, I just want to make sure that I can help people walk through the, to make sure that they vet through the various reasons why they decide to move. Mm-hmm. And then we can progress from there. But, you know, I've definitely talked to people who says, yeah, you know, this is all similar vein. Cause then, uh, the concept of switching school really means that either the current school doesn't, is not working out for you or other, other, uh, things in your life. That's just saying, okay, maybe I move jobs or whatever. There are these mm-hmm. other reasons. Right. But the main thing is I've talked to a lot of people that said, Oh, I'm going to switch gyms. I have to like this thing's not working out or whatever. And I would just talk to them in a, in a very honest way and ask them to re- reevaluate the reasons what led them to switching. And I've definitely talked some people into like, Hey, you're right. I actually don't want to stay. I love this gym. It's just X, Y, and Z is not working out, but I could fix that actually. It's like, yes, that's right. So I think one of the major things that I've hit on a lot of other podcasts is people make decisions based on assumptions that they didn't vet through. And so hopefully we get to talk about all that kind of stuff. You know yeah, I mean? for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I would say, I think uh, it, it might be best that we just start uh, talking about, you know, times when we switch schools, because yeah. I know you and I both, um, and then we'll go into the making sure we hit all the topics that we, that don't hit through our, you know, our personal stories. I think that'd be a good way of doing it. So yeah, feel free to kick yeah. it off, Doug. Yeah, I'll start off, man. Yeah. So yeah, so I think in the last one of the last ones I, I talked about the idea of uh, starting over at One World, um, and then uh, after I the the next place that I trained at after leaving One World uh, was actually I trained at Fairtex in Mountain View, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was actually working uh, there at the gym at the time. Um, and so to kind of give you an example, you know, I was a white belt. I had trained. I had a relationship with Mike. I, you know, I went to his black belt ceremony when he got promoted. Uh, I cared about the guys that I trained with. Um, but like I said, I fell out of, out of enamored with the idea of, of dedicating myself to training, even though I enjoyed it. So it wasn't the gym. It wasn't the environment. It was something in my own brain that said, Hey, you need to leave. Right. So I just quit. So I just stopped training. Um, and then it was like dibble dabble here, there, like wherever I could, you know, train at, but it wasn't like I trained anywhere. And so I started working at uh, Fairtex Mountain View. Um, and training there was fairly uh, different. Um, we had no belt system. So there, it was all no gi at the time. Um, it was uh, taught by, he's a black belt under Half now. Um, uh, and then uh, Leopoldo, who has his own gym, um, trained uh, taught there as well. But it was only no gi. So because it was no gi only, uh, it didn't have the same, again, it's that assumption, right? You think, oh, because it's no gi, then nobody has belt ranks then there's at the time there wasn't really that like you have to have an association um the guys that i was training with were guys that you know that were from brazil so it just kind of no one really cared there wasn't like a weird animosity behind it there wasn't anybody you know questioning my loyalties why i was training here why i wasn't training there um maybe it might have been different if it was geek right? Maybe that would have been a different situation. But at the time I didn't think about it. I was like, you know, your scenario where I'm like, Hey, it's just a business transaction, you know? And I, you know, I don't even think I let Mike know. I just think I just stopped showing up. (laughs) I want to go out and party. I want to go out and drink, you know? So, um, coming, coming from me now, I definitely would have let Mike know. Yeah. Hey man, 
like my bad, you know, I, I, you know, the timing isn't working for me right now. I would have been way more upfront, you know, uh, who knows? I don't even know why I didn't tell him. I just stopped showing up, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then I stopped training over at Fairtex when I stopped working there. Um, and then I took a lot more time off again and, uh, ended up, uh, doing different things. Like I said, training here or there, but, um, no, nowhere where I signed a contract or, or showed up on a weekly basis, you know, uh, until I walked into, to machine works, uh, in San Leandro. Um, and that was run by, so, you know, coming from a, a half Gracie. So this is where we're, we're talking about the affiliations and who's associated with who. So starting under, under Mike, under half Gracie, under gorilla who had their own split. And then I didn't even talk about the split, the association yeah. split from, half Gracie to gorilla. And that was a whole, that was a whole other issue. I'm not even going to get into the, that type of stuff, <laughs> but I'm just talking about myself, my own self. And then going over to machine works, which was un, which was a black belt who was under Eduardo, who, you know, you know, at the time was a Gracie who might the black belt. Uh -huh. And so you had, I, I switched from the, you know, whatever, whoever side you on. I went from the Carlos side to the Helio side. Um, and there you go is where you're going to have to hear the word like Creonche, right? You're going to start mm -hmm. hearing that when mm -hmm. you start switching between so-called rival branches of, of the, of the, you know, of the game. Um, luckily, you know, uh, when I switched schools, when I, when I found my new school, I didn't even switch schools. I wasn't even training really at the time. Yeah. Um, it had been years, you know, I called, and this is another one of those assumptions. I'm going to go ahead and, and kind of build off of what you're talking about. Uh -huh. I called. And I asked Jeremy, who answered the phone, hey, man, I just wanted to call to get a little bit more because it was a brand new gym. I, had, I, I looked it up on Reddit, didn't really see anything, uh, looked up nothing on Yelp. It was very, very dry. So I pulled, I called him. I just said, hey, I got to call this guy. And I asked him, I said, hey, so what's your lineage? You know, and that's, a, those are one of those questions. It's a kind of like a hot button. Mm -hmm. You either have a, a cool business owner who says, let me tell you, I want to, uh, give you the most comfortable uh, environment and information so you can make your decision. Yeah. And then you'll have other people who are business owners who are going to be like, you have to come here and try it out. I'm yeah. not going to give you too much information over the phone because you're going to make a decision off of, you know, mm -hmm. hearsay yeah. or off yeah. of uneducated. You don't know what you're getting. It's like that, you know, buying a car without test driving it kind of thing. Right. And I, and I understand both ends. Right. But when you're looking for that new gym, you don't know how that person's going to react and knowing yourself as a, as a, as a buyer, as a consumer, you have to know what you need to know to even walk in the door. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I would say, so luckily Jeremy was nice enough to, to talk to me about his lineage. Um, and then I, you know, started training there. Cause I said it was the, the cheapest place and he was a really cool guy and a great instructor. Um, and, uh, and I was at here. the, at the time, this is San Leandro. And at the time you're still white belt because the, the still second, white belt. okay, got you. But white belt, yeah. how did, just take a, let's put a pin on that. Okay. At okay. that moment in time, did you feel like, was there any part of you where like, even when you were training or even when you're not training, you'd be like, oh, I'm not a white belt or cause so you saw yourself like that. Or did you see yourself? You know what? I'm still white. I, I don't know shit. Or was it more like I, I've been in the game long enough to know the certain things, but just. By technicality, my belt's white, but how did you feel about that? It's, how, or what you was know the what? mindset? Well, dude, I'll, I'll be honest. I still have that feeling now. Uh, so, and what I mean by that is that like, so we started doing jujitsu at the same time. Yeah. Almost like maybe a year apart, 
right? And I'm still a brown belt, you're a black belt. Mm -hmm. And so like, so, like kind of like we talked about, it is very similar to last time <laughs> yeah. where you take that break, but you don't really lose it. I agree. Right? You don't, yeah. you like, you know, like you lose a lot, but you don't lose everything. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. so not training consistently for four to six years, I don't even know how long it was. Um, yeah, for sure. I felt like I couldn't, you know, I am a white belt, but I think about the, the year or two training over at One World when Mike was having his situation, I'm not going to speak to it, but he had some situations with Half, and that's the reason why he switched from House under Gorilla to, uh -huh. to, to, to Dave was because he wasn't getting the support that he wanted for his, his, his program at, for One World. Um, and whatever other reasons he had is his own reasons. Um, so I didn't get promoted because of that. Like, you know, because at the time, you know, there's no brown belts that are really unless you're in like a very, very like secluded rural area that doesn't have black belts within 30 minutes, uh, you know, maybe a couple hours, uh, you're not going to have brown belts promoting their own students yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A lot of times they're going to wait for their instructor to come do a seminar or come do some belt promotion. Um, so yeah, you know, I'll just say I you trained for two years, never got promoted, didn't really care too much. Yeah. Like um, I, it's interesting when I hear your story, it's like, I would say the the typical story is like um, people, especially when we were coming up, it was more strict back then. And switching schools was a big ass deal, but yeah. but you were able to move around even within the same area because just life got in the way. Like you know, there was a time you took a long break. There was a time when uh, uh, you moved, right? You had different jobs and stuff like that. Put you in a different area. Like I see a lot of that in when you made that transition from your past gym to Bame. Yeah. Is that you know what? I work right down the street. I, I just started working here looking for jiu-jitsu. And you know what? I think that's really cool because, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of you guys thinking about switching gyms. But the reason why I asked Edso, like, hey, how did you feel at that time? Like, because if you've been in jiu-jitsu long enough, uh, like, you know, the number one thing is keep training. You know, it's, I don't want anyone to decide, like, this is where I came up. This is, this is the one. And then you move somewhere. It's like, you know what? It just doesn't feel right. I'm just not going to train anymore. It's like, it's never about it, it. A big part of it is the gym, but it's all, it's your personal journey. So what's, what's interesting is the, the switch wasn't that hard for you to make because it was other things like outside the gym that was making those decisions for you, but you're always steady. Like even when you're gone, you see, like you said, even you took a break, you're still like, yo, I still got that mentality. So it's still jujitsu in my life. And that is the ultimate thing for you that sort of steered you to picking the gyms you chose and all that other stuff. Um, I think that's really interesting because I think that's a, a definite unique perspective that I'm sure a lot of people could relate to. Um, uh, just just ex extra s situations that's forcing them to move on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say like, and also I think the, the, my, my, my number one criteria for picking a school realistically is always going to be convenience. Yeah. That's mean real. Convenience yeah, yeah. How can, how convenient is it for me to show up for class? Because I know myself, I, I'm not, I'm not super disciplined. I'm not. And you're talking to, so I live in Fremont, right? Well, I lived in Fremont. I lived in Fremont at the time. And the closest gym to me at the time was One World. So that's mm -hmm. where I went. Yeah. Okay. And then when I switched schools and I was training in San Leandro, I actually still lived in Fremont. So the closest gym was One World, but that was to my home, not to where I went to work. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, 
even though I, I, I felt a, an allegiance and, and a loyalty and a friendship with the people at One World, uh, and I still do, even to this day, um, I, I still feel, I still felt like what is going to be convenient for me. So, you know, you know, Bay Area traffic, it's not easy to get around. Yeah. Right. And so one day it takes you 30 minutes, the next it takes you an hour and you're screwed. You know, you're screwed when it comes to that. And so that was my, that, that's always my number one thing. And, and it's funny because I was listening to a podcast with, with, with Clark Gracie and Clark talks about how when his dad had a gym, people would drive two plus hours to train yeah. with his dad. Yeah. And Clark believes that it is not okay for people to say, well, I'm going to go train here because it's closer or it fits my schedule better. He believes that people should love the gym and force themselves to figure out how to go to that gym that they want to. And I'm not going to argue with the guy because I believe it's priority. It's mm -hmm. dependent on your priority. You know, maybe if I wanted to be a world champion and I wanted to, and that was, I don't know, I was the, of the age that I could try to become a world champion and I felt like I had the ability to do so. Maybe that would sway um, where I trained today or where I trained before, but that was never my priority. That was never my goal. Um, so how I choose a yeah. gym, I think, uh, also changes the way that the ease that I can switch gyms, you yeah. know what I mean? Because I know I'm not going to travel that far to go to a specific gym. Yeah. 100%. I think, um, the main takeaway here is like, you knew what, what you knew how to prioritize, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I definitely want to talk about those various scenarios, that mindset that Clark Gracie, like I have a completely different perspective on it, obviously respect to him, but like, um, I want to just, it's important to, for the listeners to hear both sides right? so they can decide. Right. And it's all, I'll jump into my experience and then we can jump into like the various pieces of what we're talking sure. about. Okay. Sure. So, uh, my experience is I came up, I first started juicy when I was like a kid, like I was still in, I was like, I just started high school or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I was getting in fights. I did found the spot. Boom. You know, it was so weird because, um, I found the closest jujitsu thing to me, which was in a new ninjutsu academy. And then my coach was teaching like once a week there. And he was, he just got to America and he was teaching like, uh, at a, at a Pilates place and he was teaching at a ninjutsu academy, whatever. Right. So when I took my first class, it was him, the ninjutsu owner and me and a buddy. And it was just us four. And he he was, I think he was a brown belt at the time actually. And we started and then later he told me like, Hey, like you're not just doing this for fun. Like it looks like you're actually trying to learn to like do jujitsu. So mm -hmm. here I have a bigger class in, in, uh, so I was living in Gardena. This place was in like Torrance ish area. And then he was like, I have a, I also teach in Mahan beach or it was Redondo beach. And he was like, there's bigger, it's a bigger class. There's more people. If you can figure out a way to get there, you're going to have better training. And I was like, all right, for sure. And then we went there. I was a little kid, so I skated, like, for hours, like you said, like Clark Gracie, right? I literally picked up my skateboard, skated. Anyone who's from SoCal knows Gardena to Redondo Beach on a skateboard. You know, at the time, like, I, I was already expelled from high school. Like, I got kicked out from the, from the uh, district, you know, all this other shit, all the problems that I had. And I would just want to be focused. I'm like, I need to get off the streets. So what I do is, like, I need to get on the mat. And so I followed in from the Ninjutsu Academy, then I went to the Manhattan Academy, or the Redondo Beach Academy, and then he opened up his own place in, in, in Redondo Beach, and so I followed him, and then eventually he opened another place, like he moved from one place to the next, and he settled in um, 
a, a city closer to me or whatever, right? But by then, it's a few years later, I can drive. And so I stuck it out with him from white belt to brown belt, all right? And I never stepped foot into another academy from white belt to brown belt ever because uh, my coach was from Brazil, from Rio de Janeiro. He's OG as fuck. His lineage like Machado and stuff. And he was like, he was like, any, anytime someone visits our school, you got to protect your technique. You got to watch yourself. You got to beat them up. And then if you, if you don't ever step into another academy because you're just showing off all the technique that we're teaching here, you know? And so it was very hardcore and a very OG. And then he definitely used the word Creonch a lot. Creonch just means trader in Portuguese. And like, it's just OG. Like, think about everything I said. Like, um, I followed it to the T. Like, I followed him from gym to gym. This is my coach. This guy knows my, like, history. He knows what I need to work on. Um, he, he's... He's in my ear, like, give me advice or whatever. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's OG, you know, a lot of pressure and all this other stuff on the training, but also, like, he expected a certain way, right? And I call it the Brazilian way, just like we talked about in the last one from then and now. He's very much the Brazilian way. And then, um, and I respected that. It was like, yo, I, I train here. Like, he, he hooked it up because I was a little kid. I couldn't pay for shit. So, like, I would run the front door i would clean the mats clean the bathroom anyone comes in I'm, i i stop sparring and i go to them and whatever so it was it was a pretty good uh like it was limiting but at the same time like he was hooking me up so i was like okay this is this is loyalty this is good and then comes a time when i had to go to college i got accepted to berkeley and i was like yo i gotta go and then he was just all about okay when you go don't even train like just do your school knock that shit out when you move back, let's get it, let's get it cracking, you know? And I was just like, what the, f and that's when I was like, yo, when I stopped being like conflict of interest, like I was like helping him, he was helping me. And I was like, this is the time we built a relationship. I'm leaving. And he's telling me, stop doing what I love to do. You know, just like you were saying, like, if you, if you left uh, the uh, one world and then Mike was like, yo, you know, you know, it's either Jiu-Jitsu here or nowhere, bro. Like, you know, yo, no, never. You'll be like, I'm actually never coming back to here, right? And that's exactly what I felt. And I and I called him. I was like, yo, like, you're telling me I can't even train when I move somewhere else. Like, you're, you're trying to control me like that. And I was a kid, too. But I still saw, like, yo, this is, you're already going overboard now. Right. And uh, so I completely empathize. Empath empath oh, my God. Empathize with the homies, <laughs> with everyone. Which yeah. One <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of empathy for the homies that's going through right now where they feel like their school is very restrictive and they're OG and they're hard nosed and stubborn. And there's, there's a lot of rules and expectations and you're sitting there thinking like, fuck, uh, shit. So that's an immovable object. So I, if I want to do something, it's up to me and I got to like either quit jujitsu or man, fuck jujitsu. But the reality is we always have the power, the person training because it's your journey. Right. right. So, it actually took me a little while to figure that out because since day one, I was his little puppet, you know, we would do tournaments and like he would sign me up for super fights. I didn't know about, you know what I mean? He would just pick me up and like, yo, we're going to uh, OC and we're going to, you're going to, we're going to go to the kickboxing thing and we have an exhibition fight for you. And there was all this shit. I think he was trying to get me to like compete. Well, I did compete for him, but he wanted me to like be a really heavy hitter. Right. And I was like, dude, I don't, I don't want none of this shit. Like I'm just trying to make money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and but what's interesting is that constriction. I was smart enough to be like, yo, this is some bullshit. This is, some, this is like some cult shit. And I realized he, 
he was these coaches that are very strict is because they have a lot of self-esteem and self-confidence issues you know if a if a dude is super confident in what he's teaching as like a secret weapon like my coach was trying to say to me mm-hmm. he would be like dude this is what i want you to do i want you to go to every gym out there and then when you realize they suck you come back to me you know <laughs> that's like the ultimate power move confidence right yeah, but he yeah, was yeah. like don't even step foot in any other school, bro, because, you know, they're going to steal your shit. And I was like, what? That, that's real? And then you just get indoctrinated, right? You never even test. Um, right. But when I went to Berkeley, that's when I started the Cal Jiu-Jitsu program there. Uh, that's when I started training Half Gracie with Eduardo Fraga. And then, um, and then I studied abroad in Brazil. And that's when I trained De La Hiva, uh, Andre Pedaneris, all the Checkmat guys, Felipe Costa you know, all these guys. And I was just like, it went from nothing, nothing, not like constricted to being completely free because the, the number one concern, I was like, yeah, I don't want to be a Creonch. That just sounds bad. Yeah. But I realized like once you're, I was a Brown belt at the time when I was in Brazil and I was training everywhere. And it was just like, it was, you know what the difference between American Jiu Jitsu and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, even though the coaches are both Brazilian and U S and in Brazil at the time, in brazil it's been around for so much longer than it has in the u.s and there's way more it's like diluted there's way more people teaching and running juice academies right whereas in america you can you said lineage before you can actually pinpoint areas where of influence like you know half had and caesar gracie had the bay area and then right. like hoy and gracie and the machados had like socal area you know what i'm saying caesar gracie uh, uh clark gracie's dad and all these other guys hiberos and stuff owned san diego you know what i'm saying so there was these spheres of influence but at which they were allowed to get away with being super strict but the reality is in brazil is so diluted and i don't mean diluted in a bad way i mean like there's way more people doing it Mm -hmm. been around longer that it's so much more chill dude you go in and it's just like oh okay cool that's what's up here you're just another body of a a sea of bodies in this gym you know when i went to novanyao and it's it's just bodies everywhere bro they don't even they don't even you know it was like they didn't track anyone you know so it was really interesting and so that freedom really you know when you're in a constricted space you think oh grass is greener and sometimes it's not true but the for me is like oh it is greener like being open having confidence really checking your ego and being like me as a coach now i actually encourage people to like bro check it like I, you know, go compete here, go visit your homie there. When you visit, how's the training over there? Oh, cool. I need to check that out. Like Max, he's in SoCal right now. He's training with a bunch of like local guys there. I'm like, that's awesome, dude. That's what's up. Keep doing it. And he would report back to me. He's like, bro, like they're teaching this move. And I was just like, not that, you know, I, I, I don't like how they're teaching it. Cause he's used to how I'm teaching technique. Right. And he see, but, but that's what I like. I love jujitsu. It's, it's like, I want my students to get the full breadth of it. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I, I developed that because of my personal experience of being constricted and now being free. I'm like, if to anyone out there listening that relates to the first half of my story is like, bro, like there's, there's a lot of weird shit going on when they're trying to constrict you. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, it's interesting. Your story and my story, quite different. Yeah. Both California, me, SoCal, you're in Bay Area. And uh you know, I, I, it's just, my eyes are open the second I step foot on someone else's gym. I was just like, this is, you know, the vibe is not that different. Like, yeah, there's certain things I don't like, but there's other things I really like. And then, you know, all this shit. So, um, I think the idea of switching gyms is good when it's, when it's, when it's really the best decision. It's a lot of times people are saying I need to switch gyms, but they don't really understand why, like, you know, 
Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you hit on, on the next point where it's like, okay, you know, we're talking about experiences of switching gyms, right? And, 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 and I guess you would say, uh, uh, key reasons why someone switched, right? One is, is they're feeling restricted. Um, yeah. they're, they're not necessarily agreeing with the methodology or the direction that their instructor or the owner of the gym is, is, you know, the energy, however, they're, well, however, they're trying to direct uh, people's growth. Um, you know, you're not agreeing with that. Uh, you know, there's going to be other reasons, but like, but there's, there's the big reason why I think where people feel like they need to leave a gym and they maybe don't have to, uh, is when you're, you're assuming, like you're saying, the grass is green on the other side, right? And so you're going to have a couple different uh, points of view. You're going to have one guy who says, oh, uh, I'm at a gym where there's not a lot of competitors here, mm. right? You have, that, you have a, a, you know, an individual who says, you know, I, I'm the only one competing at this school, or there's only two or three guys that compete here. And they get very frustrated because they want, they look over and they see, you know, ABC jujitsu and ABC jujitsu has 20 people competing. And they're like, I want that. I want that camaraderie. And granted, I get it. I can get why someone want that, uh, that environment. Um, But you're also, if you go to that big competing school, a competitive school is that you might not get the individual like growth and mentoring that you will from a smaller school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's the same thing that you have in colleges where you have these colleges that have these, you know, big giant, you know, football teams, you know, like, you know, big giant universities and you have these small liberal art schools where they're, you know, tiny and they're like in the woods and shit yeah. and everybody has what's works best for them. And, and, and as the student, you may not know what is best for you. And it's an unfortunate situation that you're in, but that's part of your learning process, right? Yeah. Like you were saying, you got to go to the other school to find out if it's the right one for you. you yeah, know? no, you ki- you actually, you killed it because I was going to, it reminded me of a story of, um, so I trained at, I trained at Milton's uh, coming up to get my black belt. Right. And there was this, there was this person there. She was, she was awesome. Tough roles, loves jujitsu. I can, you know, you can just, tell, she's blue, blue belt and she's just, she loves combat sports. She's just really into it. And uh, uh, she just disappeared for a really long time. She went traveling, all this stuff, right? And I was like, I thought it was because of the traveling she was gone, right? right. She comes back after a long time. I give her a hug. Like, oh, my God, what the fuck? <laughs> like, where are I see you traveling, killing it. That's what's up. And then she actually told me, like, you know what it was? Like, I, I was like, Did the, the, we're talking about the traveling. And then she was just like, you know what it was? I, I actually thought I hated jujitsu. I mean, that's why I did, that's why I traveled. It, traveling didn't take me away from jujitsu. I just fell out of love with jujitsu. And then, so I traveled and I was like, what? Okay. But you're back. Right. So like, you must look, so what is it? And then she was like, you know what it was is I came to a conclusion that I didn't like jujitsu, but the re- but it was based on these, these assumptions. And, uh, I realized when I evaluate those assumptions, I made a big mistake. It's not that I didn't like jujitsu. It was just, I felt like um it was like it was the people she was training with that was going a little too hard mm-hmm. for her you know she, and then so like bigger bigger guys or newer guys that don't know how to roll with various body types and age and stuff and so she was being fed to the wolves so she thought and then she was like this in that grind every day she's just like i don't like this grind you know what i'm saying and then she she fell out of love with jiu-jitsu the only problem is she never she never said no to a role Mm-hmm. She never chose her partner like proactively and she never talked to the coach. 
And because the coach was, you know, Milton's awesome about making sure everyone's safe and all that. Milton's like, he's as good of a teacher as you're going to get. Like he cares about people. He's looking out for people. You know what I mean? Right. Learned a lot from Milton. And, but it took her almost like a year and a half. Cause then I follow her on Facebook. She's killing it. Comes back and it took a year and a half. And she's just like, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I just realized, you know, I have more control. And, and then that really rang a bell for me. Because I realize, because I relate to that so much too. Because me coming up, you know, when I was a white belt blue belt, it's just the challenges that I faced. I directly thought it was my coach giving me those challenges. He right. he wanted to see what I'm made of. He wanted to see, but the reality was like, coaches have so many other things they're focused on than to be that involved in one person. Unless that one person's like world champion, like they're trying to build them up to prepare for an MMA match or something like that. That type of like build up is not real. It's like we have so much choice in how we train. You know what I'm saying? You can yeah. just sit out a role if you want to. I've never really seen a coach being like, oh, you're going to sit it out? All right, you're going to fucking fix my car now. You know what I mean? I've never, it never gets like that, you know? So um, I think that's the, the first part of choosing a gym is determining whether or not that conclusion is justified, right? So choosing a gym is a really big decision, but, if, but we have to first make sure that that's the correct decision. You know what I mean? Like I said, grass is greener or you're led to a, a, a final destination, but you never really fought it or tested the waters before you got to that end point. So I think the first thing I, 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 like, I always recommend people is like, I talked to another guy, um, you know, Rich that I talked to a bit, his, his buddy, Kevin. Yes. He actually told me like, you know, I, I quit jujitsu because um, there were, you know, eventually like, I just got tired of the grind. Like guys were bigger than me, beating me up every day or just manhandling me and it just, it, I, I didn't have insurance. I didn't want to get wrecked like that. Like it was just, there's one direction is me getting hurt and it's going to not be good for me. And right. I asked him like, Hey man, did you ever talk to your coach about like maybe pairing you, like being more conscious about pairing you and sharing how you're feeling? Because I'll tell you what, every coach does not want to lose a student. If it's right. as simple as like making sure that you're like, I'm looking out for you and all that, I'll do it hundred percent. This is why when I go to my, when you, Edsel, you see me like when I'm, running a class and someone's new or whatever i'm always making sure i pick the right guys and if the uh, the guys end up going a little too hard i'll be like yo chill 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 you know don't kill each other i say that all the time because i'm a big believer in train to train another day and so um i want everyone to really think about if you've decided to move first thing you need to do is make sure that that is the correct decision you know if you're telling me right now that i gotta move you know i love this school but the way things are headed in X, Y, Z, I don't know. I can't sustain it. So I need to go to this other, like, I just need to go somewhere else. Right. Ask yourself, did you ask your coach? Did you ask your peers? Is this something that you can do something about? Is it, well, I could do something about it, but I don't want to be seen as that guy that like complains. and like, you know, your coach will love you more if you're actually in class versus, you know, complainer or not. Like he'd rather see you there versus somewhere else. You yeah. know, like to be fair, like as much as there's a business transaction component coach really does care and he does have history with you and like he is the one that taught you that arm bar that you're hitting all the time in tournaments he is the one like he's he has a vested interest in you whether it seems like it or not it's it's a reality you know so do yourself a favor and like like make sure your decision is the right one you know what i'm saying if it's as simple as changing up who you're training with or it's as simple as making sure certain key people are away from you so be it you know like in any environment that we're in school uh, middle school, high school, uh, jobs, college, 
if there's one person that has an issue with you or you have an issue with them, you're not going to just sit next to them. You know what I mean? Like, so in jiu-jitsu, yeah. why is it any different? Like I get the, the authority figure of a coach, but um, you have a say, the people listening as students, you guys have a say in your experience. There's no doubt about it. You know, you know, if you think your coach is going to say no, how about you ask him and make sure he says no, because he might've said yes. You know what I'm saying? So that's the number, that's the first step that I, uh, I recommend. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think you, you know, you're saying something that, uh, that stems regardless. It's the idea of taking control of, of your own journey, your yeah. own progress, your own environment. And, um, and the question is, is like, why do people believe that they can't question? Why yeah. do people believe that they cannot, you know, make, I mean, again, it becomes this thing where that's that assumption that you cannot question the authority within jujitsu. Um, and I, where I, get I, I get it. I get it. Though. I've, I've been, you know, you and I have both been at gyms where you're not supposed to, you're not yeah, supposed exactly. to, to question that. But the question is why, yeah. why is the student, why is it, why is it assumed that questioning one part and, and I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent because I believe it, it it's is. very relevant right now, but currently right now we're in a, in a situation where you have specifically guys that are, that are the, the, the cream of the crop of jujitsu, the, the yeah. best, best jujitsu guys in the world, the most influential jujitsu guys in the world. And um, they have platforms that they're speaking on and whether or not I agree with them or not, they have a community or a following of people that they are influencing specifically, let's say with COVID-19 right now. Yeah. And they don't, they believe that since they're an authority in jujitsu and they have an audience that they now have the responsibility and, or even the uh, education or knowledge to be able to, to recommend or consult people in, in an area that they're not experts in. Right. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. It's hard to, and then, and so you have, you have this weird, issue where you have this, uh, uh, we'll just call them an entity that has influence and power and knowledge in a certain area. And they have a soapbox that they could stand on. And then they don't, they're not used to being questioned. They're not used to being challenged. Um, and when they are their normal way, like if I challenge you in jujitsu, you fight me. Like that's what, you, what we do. Like I go, Hey, Denny, I want to do this move. And for me to prove to you that it works, I got to do it on you. And you have to then challenge it by not letting me do it or do it di differently and say, no, your way doesn't work. This way works better, right? It, it's almost built into our DNA to fight each other. Mm. If I have an idea, I fight you with it, you fight me back, right? But we've, done, we've learned how to do it in a controlled manner. I believe currently right now we're in a space where, you know, that, one martial arts is it's it's martial right so it has a a level of uh of hierarchy when it comes to like belt rank or sensei or master and all these things so it's always this idea where like do i do i have the right to question the person above me and then you also have this thing where if i do question it's always a fight yeah right it's it, always so true yeah and so I think it's a little bit of, of the, the nostalgia and mystique of martial, right? Of having a martial hierarchy. Um, and then also in the way that it is the idea that, um, that we are built to fight. We are built to like test what is right 
and what is not right. Like what, you know, what works, what doesn't work, right? That's what jujitsu is about. Um, and, and, and a lot of fighting, that's what it is, right? It's, I can beat you, you know, if we're doing Taekwondo, I can beat you on points. If we're doing judo, I can get you to the ground. You can't get me to the ground. If we're doing sumo, same thing. Right. Um, and I think maybe that's where that kind of comes into play. Um, and I think that, uh, as the, I'll say the newer generation of, of, of leaders and, and influencers within jujitsu, you and I are, are, are fairly new in the idea of leading a team. Um, right. I think it's, it's our responsibility to empower the younger, the newer generations of people to say, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to question whether or not this is the right environment for you. And it's okay to appreciate the knowledge that is coming, that is being given to you from somebody above but not taking everything that they take and making sure that you, you put it through a, a filter of what is applicable to your jujitsu and not take everything that they say as, you know, sermon. Yeah, no, you, 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 I think I th- you definitely have a point. I think is it was interesting to see though is at the student perspective is so compartmentalized. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's an aspect of, Hey coach, I just saw this. Do you mind if I try it? And then we'll try it, you know? So there's, it's, it's, but it's weird because it's not really testing the coach. It's more about like testing this thing that's beyond us. And the coach is curious too. But when it comes to um, actually questioning the coach, you know, it's yeah. like, hey, do, do this grip. And, and you're like, why? And why? And why? And why? I, it's a real big problem for a lot of people in jiu-jitsu. They don't ask the why or they don't really question it. You know what I mean? Like, because I get it though, because from my experience, the OGs, they, this is what happens when you ask them, um, Hey, but what if that guy underhooks you? Like my answer is like, Oh, I mean that would, there's so many different options. Let's just focus on this path and it will build upon it. And I'll cover that question on the next round. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, okay, perfect. Sounds good. Move on. Because there's no ego in that. There's no ego in that question or that answer. It's just like, let's just be productive. Right. right. In the OG days you say, Hey, but what if they underhook you? You know what that OG coach is like, are you questioning what I'm saying? Like, are you questioning this technique? Is, is that what I'm asking? Is that what I'm hearing? And I've definitely seen people, particularly coaches, react really negatively to pe- people questioning because they have a bit of ego. But like, right. I'm the coach. You don't talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that all about, right? So guys, like people have been, like I said, indoctrinated. Like that's, that's, sort, of, that's sort of like passive training because, you know, if, if I – if I poke you in the stomach, Edsel, and you have an insane reaction, you just essentially taught me that I have, I can do that to you. Right. And, or I don't want to do it or I do want to do it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. based on the coach's reaction, it instills this like sense of like disconnection. Right. So there's people never feel that there's a pathway for them to ask questions and all that other stuff. So um, I think that's a big part of it too. I think people need to forget, like, I think what it is is the people that, I asked, uh, I don't ask a lot of people this, but I ask myself this a lot. It's like, how many times have I disagreed with my, my parents when I was a little kid and then like had a civil conversation and then actually changed their mind. You know what I mean? As an Asian kid, like I, that never happened. You know what I mean? And I think the people who never really experienced that, like they, whenever they see someone of authority, police officer, professor, jujitsu coach, they're, you just, you got to give them some type of respect and, you know, 
that type, it's a different type of respect. It's just not more respectful. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you can ask me anything because that's what I'm here for. Like, you know what? If you feel like you're, every time you ask your coach and his answer is like, oh, bro, you weren't here Tuesday. Like, you would cover the Tuesday. You should come more. Or they say, just keep sparring, bro. Like, you'll figure it out. I mean, or they'll say, oh, I just can't explain. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. they, that, that's OG. Me, when someone asks me a question, it's like an opportunity for me to answer that question. You know, it's not a shot at me. It's literally an opportunity. So um, I think that's the difference, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I try to change that. I'm trying to break the wheel for my, my gym, my team. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are not in the habit of asking questions. And this 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 turns into the cycle of you end up making big decisions based on having no feedback or based on having no one ask you or you asking them, you just end up in this big decision, which is I'm going to quit jujitsu or I hate jujitsu, or I'm going to switch gyms or I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's pretty good for this portion of the, of the advice, but guys just think about it. Like, are you asking the why when you want to ask the why? And did you make a decision based on talking to nobody? You know what I mean? Especially if, if you talk to certain people that it would work out. Now, if you tell me I want to leave the gym because it's, you know, I think it's toxic or whatever. And you, you actually talk to the owner and then they're like, oh, you're just a pansy. You probably should leave. Yeah, you probably should leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's yeah, yeah. a portion of that. But I think the first step is really asking yourself is did I do all the proper steps? Because Trust me, leaving a gym when you don't really want to is like really painful. You know what I mean? Like people are is like there's gonna be people listening to this like, why do you even have to have a whole podcast about switching gyms? Like, because when you when you start a gym, you build relationships ASAP. I'm talking every single person that you're gonna drill with, spar with, whatever, you're gonna know you're gonna learn about them and you're gonna care about them, they're gonna care about you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you tap and they let go, that's like a that's an unwritten like like active trust you know what i'm saying so it might not feel like it at the time but man taking yourself when you're entwined in something you try to rip yourself out of it it's even if you don't care about it other people will and so there is a there's a big this is a big decision so it's just the first step is figuring out is it the right one you know what i mean and i think this is a good part of that yeah i mean i think i think that uh there's there's a huge connection and a bond that is created when something a skill is handed down to another generation right uh, um, i think that's that there's a big bond that is that's built there especially when it it's forged and and strengthened through um through a fight right uh through uh this weird <laughs> this weird simulated death death it's, match that we have a, with a, each other yes yeah, it's, an, it's an honest interaction with another human like not, like nothing is as honest as like oh you know simulated death you know what i mean like that's yeah. as close to death as you can get like when i tap you better respect that you know what i'm right. saying and um it's it really is true like having a conversation with someone that's really you know you it it builds over experiences you know what i'm saying the conversation keeps it going and in, increases interest and builds relationship but actually going through something with someone you know going partying or uh this guy uh uh got your back in that that dude that was trying to fight you you just you know chilled everyone out it's like oh damn you're the homie like you didn't run or nothing you know what I mean? those events build confidence in that and trust and eventually a relationship and jiu-jitsu is that every minute of every day you know what i mean the second you step on the mat we're all lined up we're all doing the drills together we're all looking out for each other it's like hey oh 
uh, watch out, you're shrimping too quick, you know, the guy behind you, whatever, like, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is what jiu-jitsu does. So it, it's a big decision. Um, this is why so many people get butthurt about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the people that think it's just a business thing, it's really not. It, you might feel that way, but if you care about how other people feel, they're going to not feel like it's just strictly business. You know what I mean? It's a personal thing, you know? And there are guys in the gym that I might, I, I try to be happy and, and supportive and positive. And um, I hope everyone can feel that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but if you are a current person training and you don't feel that, give them a chance. Give them a chance. Like, talk to them. That's what I mean by give them a chance. Uh, and then if it's not what you like, at least you did the homework. And then you can go ahead and do your thing. But, uh, um, yeah. But people who leave just because they feel like they have no other choice, that's not true. You ha- definitely have a choice. And if, yeah. you, and if you confirm that, if you confirmed everything you thought was true, so be it. You're 100% set now. Now you have no other option. It makes it a lot easier. You know what I mean? So, yeah. The, yeah. I think the next portion of finding a gym is how to do it. You know what I mean? Like a big a portion of that is this is going to be very similar. The advice I give here is very similar to how I tell people how to find a gym in, in the first place. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of similarities. But finding a gym is really important. You know, like Edsel, you said, you know, at the end of the day, my priority is convenience factor. Mm-hmm. You know, Clark Gracie was like, nah, that's like the lowest yeah. untenable. There's so much more to jiu-jitsu. There's, there's team and culture and, you know what I mean? And I get that. And the, the, the reality is they're both right. It's just different opinions because um, for me, this is what I tell. So let me give you an example. I had a guy, he DM'd me and he was like, uh, so the school I'm in, I hate this fucking school. Like the, the coach is a dick to me. Um, he puts me against his biggest guys. Like, I don't know. He's not kicking me out of the gym. I, I just don't know why he doesn't like me, it seems like. I, I think he thinks I'm a little weak and he's trying to toughen me up. So it could be some, like, tough love situation. But I don't play that. Like, I just don't like that. I'm an adult. Like, I don't need that. You know what I mean? I have a dad already. Like, I don't need a second one. Whatever, right? And then he says, but, so this is, like, 10 minutes from me, though. You know, this gym is awesome. And then I'm in a rural area. There's no other gym around. But there's a gym an hour away that I've been to that I've every, like every other weekend I go and the coach is happy to see me. He's, he's always asked me, what's the latest? They, like, Oh, they call me YouTube. Cause you know, I always got the newest shit and you know, my coach hates it, but this new guy, he loves it. And like, you know, he's, he's welcoming. The people are so nice. Like, um, and he says like, how do I approach this? Like, I want to change, I want to change schools, but I don't know if I can, like, I like, do I make that hour long drive? and back every day do i do all that and then like you said it's all about priorities bro and then one of the things i told him was what is your ultimate goal in jiu-jitsu is like get get better in jiu-jitsu and have a good time doing it you know what i mean and i said how fun does uh two hours out of your day driving sound does that sound like a lot of fun he's like no but the gym itself is fun it's like i know it's, that's what makes it tough but here's what i say if you and this goes to anyone in the bay area or any metropolitan area they see Oh my God, there's that famous school right there on the map. Bro, start your job and you're about to move there or whatever. Start your job and try to get there at five. Like you'll, you'll make it to the 9 p.m. class. You know what I mean? And so you, there's, there is, I really, I appreciate Edsel's perspective on the convenience because I've said, I, this is what I said to my guy. I was like, hey, um, what, what sounds better? Training five times a week or once a week? Like just, you know, what's more fun? You know, it's like, well, no brain. I'd rather train more than less. Is like, okay, but 
but the school is just really fucked. I was like, Hey, but what have you done to change that? It's right. like, what have you done? Like, what have like, did you accept every role? Did you talk to your coach? Did you, maybe there's like a misunderstanding somewhere. And even if you do talk to your coach, at least it's in the, like, you guys know what's up. Like I told him, don't, it, I think uh, he was telling me like, yeah, he won't even let me stay after class to like do these techniques I want to do. And, and I, I, I like, you know, like you're, he's at fault for some of it too, because he was like, look, I get why you're called YouTube because there's a lot of guys out there that are watching too much techniques and they're not listening to their coach. And so the coach is frustrated at the student. So I see both sides Mm -hmm. um, and you're not entitled to just keeping the gym open so you can do your thing. Like, you know, you're paying for a membership. I get it. But unless there's open mat or something like don't assume that that's like a, like a, a, a right that you have, you know what I mean? Right. And so I went back and forth with him and I, I essentially just said like, look, like, you are not doing yourself a favor, any favors by fantasizing about a gym that's really far, but not really dealing with the situation that you have in front of you. You know what I mean? Like talk to your coach, talk to your, like, do you like the other students? He's like, yeah, I love all the other students. It's just the coach is making my life a living hell. It's like, okay, so how about you talk to, your, to, the, to the coach and talk to your students and be like, make it work. You know, if you want to come in for this, the training, come in, come in, change real quick, drills, warm up, technique, spar, get the fuck out of there and then buy a couple of mats and invite your homies and have an open mat day at your garage. Like keep it low key. Like there are always options. But um, I think that the, what he did was he displayed two options for me, A or B it was black and white. Mm-hmm. And he just wanted me to say, you know what, you know, back in my day, I drove an hour to, you know, to find the perfect gym. Yeah. Do that. That's not realistic, bro. Especially if you have kids, if you're a partner of a law firm, if you're a physician, if you work three uh, uh, server jobs, you know what I mean? Like you need to get in, get your, get your therapy on and then get out. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. I told him like, do something about your current situation. And that's the answer. Like, so I'm giving you an option C and something that you're in control. And it's just that you didn't see it because you're making decisions based on assumptions that you're not really vetting out, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so it goes back to the first part, which is making sure your decision is the correct one. And then number two, it's like, uh, it's just, when you're picking a school, you know, convenience is a factor. Like you said, Bay Area is just, yeah, there's a couple of gyms that I, you know, it's so funny when I, so I came to the, when I graduated college, I was, at, I was, I got my job. So I know where I'm going to live and I know where I'm going to work. And I was a brown belt. And I told myself like, dude, I, the next step is black. So I better really be careful about who I choose because I'm going to connect with it for the rest of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so everywhere in the Bay, you, you name it, I check it out. I don't care if, if it was two hours of commute time after work, like that, was, you know, just is my passion, you know? Right. And I did it and I was like, okay, I went all the heavy hitters and I was just like, it, I got lucky Milton was the guy I wanted to train with anyway, mm-hmm. but I checked out every gym in the Bay area, pretty much like the big names. And then it, it was just like, this is not feasible. I can't keep this up. There's no way. Like if I, if I'm in a meeting that runs late by 30 minutes, I'm not going to make it to any class at this gym or, you know what I'm saying? Like little things like that. It takes one accent on the, on the uh, one-on-one and I'm done with this place. You know what I mean? Like there's no way I'm going to get my training in. And for what? Whereas Milton was like 30 minutes away from me in the deepest traffic. It was 30 minutes. I got a motorcycle, went down to 10. It was chill. (laughs) And And then I was like, this is the one. And I got consistent, awesome training. And that's what you want. Like, if you love jujitsu, you know, I always tell people jujitsu is fun when you're winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
All the times you're getting your ass whooped, yes, it's satisfying because you know it's good for you. But you're not, you're not, oh, this is great. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is fun. When you win and you can mess with someone, it's just like someone who's bigger, stronger, faster, and uh, you do whatever you want with them. You know what I'm saying? It's so fun. Like, that's just straight fun. Is it making you better? Probably not. But like, it's fun, right? right. So, you know, jujitsu should be fun. And you should, but to get to that point where you're doing, you're having fun, you got to train consistently. You got to do it a lot. And, um, you know, in my opinion, I love the Clark Gracie way. I think that's self-explanatory. If you want to go to the best, the pinnacle of whatever you're looking at, so be it. But realize that training five times a week is better than once a week. And training once a week is better than zero times a week. You feel me? So I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. No, no, for sure. For sure. I, and I think, I think besides um, location or, or schedule, like when it comes to uh, the frequency that you could train at, I think um, kind of like what we were talking about, about being able to question, uh, not question your coach, but to bring up a question with your coach and being able to be comfortable um, with that type of conversation. Uh, I think that in itself, it, you know, kind of goes with not just the coach, but with other people in the class, right? It's a, it's a, the, the X factor vibe, you know, it says, Oh, it has a family vibe. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. so well welcoming. It's so inviting. Oh, it was so bright. You know, uh, everybody has like a vibe, right. Or an energy that they have. And I think that's something that, you know, you, you can't know, like, you have to show up. It's like that test drive. Like I said, you have to test drive the gym. Like you said, you went to every different gym. Like, let me try this gym out. Let me try that gym out. Yes. You know, yeah. for a white belt or a blue belt who's coming back to jujitsu after this layover, um, they might not have that same mentality when they're going, oh, let me try out all the gyms. They're just going to go to the one that either one has a famous last name on it yep. or two you know, it's the big, you know, it's a, uh, oh, I, I heard this, someone's, you know, let's just say, cause we're in the Bay. Oh, I hear AKA all the time because MMA fighters train there. Yeah. Right. Um, or they say, oh, this has a last name or this is, I hear this is the big gym. If you're a purple belt or a brown belt like myself, I go, oh, what if they have this association? Oh, I heard this association. Just show up, go yeah. to the gym, try it out. Like meet the instructor, talk to him. Just, you know, and you'll get the, you'll get the vibe from there. The, the students are going to treat you a certain way. The instructors are going to treat you a certain way. Um, and, and I think that's, that's something that I, you know, I can easily tell somebody, go try out this gym. They're cool people. Right. But I've, I've had conversations with people that went to the same gym and they said they didn't like it. Yeah. 100%. You're, yeah. Yo, you, that's, a, that's another huge aspect of switching teams or choosing a school in general is check every single gym out because let's, let's break this down. Like when you choose a gym, it's a long-term thing. And then here's the thing. Don't expect to choose a gym and then with the assumption that five months later, you're going to check out the other gym. <laughs> it, it, you might have plans to do that and I get that, but that's not how it works because a month in, two months in, they're going to say, Hey, what's up, crew? You know what I mean? Like, what's good? Like, oh, shit, that's cool. Hey, new haircut. That's what's up, dude. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, you know, it's more than competition, more than sport. It's more than the technique. It's, the, like you said, the culture of the gym is super important. Family vibe, com competitor vibe, whatever you're looking for, right? And you literally cannot, you can't, you can't make a judgment on it without you taking a taste. You know what I'm saying? Like people, like this is, this is how most people, so there's not even newbies doing it. This is people that have been doing jiu for a while will do this. They go, 
they go on Reddit and be like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm moving to Chattanooga or something like yeah. what, what's the best schools. And then you'll see a consistent, like you'll ha- automatically have confirmation bias because there's schools that you heard of that you just want to hear more people talk about, you know? Yeah. And then you'll say that there might be one suggestion for eight different schools, but then there's four or five schools that have three or more suggestions and you just immediately disqualify the other eight. You look at the four or five, you go to their website and it's like, you have this obscure criteria, like what, they don't have prices on their website. So fuck them. You know what I mean? Like, or like, or it's like, Oh, they put their prices up and you get like, you get a little sticker shock or something. You're like, man, fuck that. I can't afford that. And then you do all this shit, right? Here's a, here's the deal. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> the the thing you want to do is forget all of that. You know, what I do is prior, think about your own priorities and if it's cost or whatever, I get it. But here's the thing about love. You know what I mean? If you love something, if something's expensive, you'll figure out a way. You know what I mean? If you love a place and it's a little far, you'll figure out a way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so here's what I tell people. is like, like, have your top priorities. Like, there, there's no way I can afford this. Okay, then that's fine. Or it's like, there's no way I can make it to this place at the time I want so I can go back home, have dinner with my family. Okay. But really ask yourself, is that a real criteria or not? Once you decide it is a real criteria, you, like for me, it was like, this doesn't seem realistic. This doesn't seem realistic, but it's a trial. It's a free class. Take the free class. You yeah. know, Consider an investment in yourself because you might really fall in love and you're like, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to make this one the fucking school. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. what I recommend is everyone has a free trial. Use the crap out of that free trial. If it's a one class, two classes a week, do the whole thing. Give them, like they're providing that for you. Take full advantage of it so you get a good idea of how the school goes. And then you decide on the top three or four, uh, like uh, on your own personal scale. And then you read, go back to that Reddit thread or whatever and be like, yeah, I did notice that they are cool like that. Oh, I totally disagree with this person's opinion about this place. I thought it was more like this. And so you have a real, real um, good idea of what you're getting yourself into because the assumption is once you step, once you sign sign up for the team you're part of the team now and i'm not saying that there's pressure to not leave i'm just saying you're not going to want to leave you know what i mean yeah especially if you did all that and even if you only went to two schools and you choose a place and you fall in love and then you find a third place then you love even more it's gonna be really hard to get out of that current one and then go to the new one i've talked to so many people that's you know there's a school i really want to go to i'm personal friends with the coach there and you know we grew up together but you know what like i'm loyal I'm gonna stay here, you know. Maybe when I get my purple, like I'll move. I'm not sure. It's like, bro, it gets harder the deeper you're in it. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to leave and there's this whole longing, like you're missing something, uh, it's because like you were a little bit short-sighted and picked just a couple and then chose one out of the two. It's like, don't do that. Like Edsel and I completely agree. Like, check everyone out. Give everyone a a shot because. When I came up here, I was like, ooh, the one with all the competitors, that's what I wanted to go. I went, and the coach was a fucking complete dick to me. And I, and I went a couple more times. I'm like, maybe that was weird. Even worse, every single time, the people were awesome, but the coach was a complete dick to me. Yeah. And I was just like, man, fuck this place. And then um, I go somewhere else, and everyone's really cool. But there's this weird, like, uh, you're an outsider, and we're, we're the in crowd. We're not going to, you know, they weren't open. I was like, man, that's weird. Like, I got to earn your love. Like, I, what, I, I don't know. Like, I'm an asset, too. Like, like, let's get this. And then so when I went to Milton's, it was just like, oh, bro, whatever. Come on in. You know, don't even worry about it. Like, just train. And, like, you know, brown belt, that's going to be dope. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, that's what's up. Like, mutual respect, mutual, like, 
like it was it was good for both of us you know what i'm saying so you never know unless you try it all so that's a that's a great point that's so that's that's a that's a major thing i tell people yeah yeah i mean it's funny like you know i mean i i i, I didn't even hear about being right i think i told you the reason why i started training with you right like so i got a new job it's gonna bring me easily an hour away from my gym okay right? from my previous gym that i was at right and I'm like, oh man, dude, like, where am I going to train? And so instantly I'm going, well, I could always go back to one world. That was going to be my first choice. Realistically, I was just going to go back to one world. I know the guys there, everyone there's chill with me. I'm yeah. cool with them. Um, I know Mike would be happy to see me again. Everything would be all right. And then uh, I started talking to one of the white belts there and he's like, hey, have you heard of this gym in Southern Fremont? And I thought it wasn't, I was like, I only know one gym in South Fremont. I don't know of any other gym. What are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, nah, man, check it out. It's down there in, in, in Warm Springs. And I was like, there ain't no fucking gym in Warm Springs. What are you talking about, dude? Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like I'm a fucking authority on every gym in the Bay because <laughs> I've been to every gym in the Bay. And then I look it up. And I'm like, oh, this place just opened up. They've been open like three, four months. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Let me check it out. You know? And, uh, Again, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, I didn't know who you were. You didn't know who I was. I'm walking in with a color belt, you know, and, and you're, you know, you, your, your gym is new. And so I'm walking in going, Hey, I want to try a class. And I tried, I think one or two classes and I didn't come back for like a month or two, you know, because for me, I was literally exactly what you're saying. I'm going to try out the gyms in the area. Yeah. And then once I made the move, Literally the second week after I started my new job, I walked back in. I said, hey, man, I know it's been a month or two since I've showed up, but uh, is it cool if I try out a class again? <laughs> like, yeah. my, like I almost kind of had a, like a, like a rewarm. Like I warmed up my food, and then I started doing something, and it got cold again. I was like, oh, man, I got to throw it back in the, in, the, in, the, in the microwave real quick. You know, and, uh, you know, luckily, you know, you were, you know, super inviting, and everybody at the gym was super cool. Uh, again, uh, you know, all mainly beginners, but you know, to me, I don't, I don't care. Bodies are bodies, you know, uh, I know how to train with a white belt, you know, it's yeah. all good. And, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and luckily, you know, my affiliation, your affiliation, you're like, none of that stuff matters. You know, so we have a, a very similar mindset when it comes to, you know, maybe because we did come from positions where we moved, even though our reasonings were different, right? You had transitioned from one gym to another. I've transitioned from one gym to another a couple times. You did the same thing in Brazil. So we all had that, uh, even though our reasonings were different, we had the experience, you knew how to approach me. I knew how to respectfully approach you. Um, and we didn't have any issues. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, that's not always the case. That's yeah, not no, always the case. It, I, beautiful. Like, you know, that's why I think the new school of thinking is better. It's just like, I, I, I want to consider myself newer school, but I'm just doing what I want to, I'm just treating people the way I wanted to be treated. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not like I'm a brown belt, respect me. It was just like, here's a person that you know for sure has a lot of experience in jiu-jitsu, whether they're top notch or just a hobbyist or whatever. Like it really doesn't matter. They have years under their belt for sure. And like that, that, that understanding of the culture of jujitsu and expectation is like, it's an asset to the mat. Right. So like I learned that a lot, dude, there was this, you know, I, I went up to Berkeley to train and I've lived here, worked here. Every time I go back home, I want to train again. Right. But the, you know, but I don't want to go back to where I first started. Like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
like that place dead to me but as much as dead to me it was dead to apparently to a lot of other people because they left as well and they all went to this place called Carlson Gracie South Bay right and I checked it out my buddy Rob uh sick black belt like he was like yeah I'm training here for now like come through and I'm like all right cool came through met uh, Andre Alamal he's uh, OG I think it's like fifth degree sixth degree black belt and I walked through the door uh Rob's like hey he's my buddy like we came up I was a brown belt time and he he didn't ask me for nothing dude he didn't ask me for nothing he was straight up he, he it was a new school a super new at the time and he was just like brown belt oh shit fuck yeah like all right so all right here's the deal don't even brother don't even there's no drop in bro like just come in respect you know what i mean like you're gonna be an asset to my guys there's so many new guys here like just come and train anytime you're in the area i know you don't come in every day so like if you're just in the area just come by and then connect with your old homies meet some new homies you know if there's if you can help out one of my guys so be it you know please you know you're welcome here and that hospitality like let me know and he and he's as og as you can get this is why like i can't say everything's og because he's og as hell but he's so welcoming and the guys down there are really lucky to have that guy. And um, I felt that, like, I never met him, but I felt like I want to I wanna learn under him. You know what I'm saying? And so I wanted to do the same. So when you walked into the door, I was like, just like, bro, like, you're the, you're the man. Just come through. Like, you're going to be lit. Let's, let's get it popping. You know what I mean? So um, this is a perfect example of that whole closed-mindedness that, that you versus them and the whole, like, uh, Crunch and all that if that if you keep that mentality you don't feel true uh acceptance and warmth and all this other stuff like like you said when we talked it was like man yeah i'm part of a team like because i'm under milton like you know there's nothing wrong with that but there's something wrong about uh judging someone because of some some team that they're affiliated you don't know their relationship with that team you know what i'm saying when when i've had kyle terra guys come to my place and you know, Aries, Carter, you know, there's like a history, right? But it's like, dude, I welcome it. Cause then I, I don't see the team, I see the person. And so if you're cool, like, wow, what an asset. There was a guy, um, he stopped by the gym before the whole shutdown and he was so nice. You know what I'm saying? And he was from Coyoteras. And I was just like, oh shit, you know, is this like a situation? But is this like a low key spice, uh, like dojo storm gonna wreck all my guys? No, he came in, was super like, asking me questions and I, I showed him some stuff and we sparred and it was fun. Actually, I don't know if I sparred. No, I, I, I couldn't spar at the time, but I saw him spar with my guys and I was like, damn, this guy's technical. This guy's, you know, some of my guys asked him a question. He helped out. Like, this is what jujitsu is, but this wouldn't have happened if I was like, Oh, you're part of that team. You know what I mean? That's some bullshit, you know? So yeah. as the person looking for a gym, don't play that game. You know what I'm saying? Like um, you never know how you'll be received when you walk to that door, but if there are people in this in an area where you want to check out, you should check them out. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, yeah, this is a passion thing, but at the same time, you're passionate about jiu-jitsu too. So do yourself a favor and find the best gym for you. You know, you know, at the time Milton's was pretty new. There was plenty of guys there, but it wasn't like a powerhouse, like been here for 20 years and it was up and coming. And I love that about that. Like, I love that Milton was still competing. He was, he was, um, you know, uh, he was, He's been there, done that. He refed, so like I had questions about rules and stuff like that, strategy, master that stuff. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. And but what was really important, which goes to my like other component of choosing gym, is the vibe, the culture, one hundred percent. Like, uh, it could be the 
the best sharpest technique but if you don't like going there what what's the point of the technique right that's like you, yeah, you know what I'm, go. you know exactly what i'm talking about like uh, i could be like let's say you're in a very old school gym and you're just like i want to learn how to burn below this school never has ever sh- shown us a burn below uh you go to that school that's cutting edge but they're fucking they're judging you and like they're like what type of gi is that bro like you know they're giving you shit and they're like they think they're badass because they got medals it's like bro you forget it's a martial art you know what i mean like so uh you know i was don't get don't get twisted about that too like yeah you see the medals but like you got to realize you know the coach is focused on medals that means if you're not willing to compete you're not going to get attention you know what i mean like um I always say there's pros and cons to a big school and a small school. You know, small school, you're going to learn everyone. They're going to take care of you. Like, everyone's got each other's back because they have to. At a big school, you might, you might never roll with some people because you just never knew they existed. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're on the other end of the mat, and you're just like, that, that's not where I train. I train on this side of the mat, and whoever's here is who I train with. And so, like, it's just what you want to prioritize, what's important to you. You know what I mean? Like, um, so it's all malleable, but, you know, the hang up of oh it's too far away or it's too expensive like yeah that's just a hang up like if you really love the place you'll find a way how about this you talk to the coach and say i can't afford it is there something you do for me that simple question uh most uh guys are pro business you know what i mean if if he if it means that one student versus no student but he gives you a discount he'll probably do it you know what i mean they're always looking for people to sweep up the mats and disinfect the mats and stuff you might be able to get in there you know what i mean and so don't let those things stop you. Just find the schools in your own, check them all out. Like that's going to be the best thing you could possibly do because um, you don't want to be in a rush to sign up with a team. You want to be in a rush to find out everyone in your area and then decide, you know what I mean? So that's, that's a, that's a major, major thing. I definitely recommend to people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, and I think, I think you said it earlier where you're talking about how there's like little pockets of influence when it comes to like lineage, right? So like in the, you know, I'll just know based off of my understanding, you know, it's like Sacramento, a lot of Cassio Vernick, yes. right. Yeah. In, in the, the true Bay, you know, mainly a lot of health, Gracie, Gracie black belts. Uh, now because Kyle is such a big influence, you have a lot of Kyle black belts. There's, you know, little, little pockets of influence. And I would say not to worry yourself as a, even if you're, your current, uh, practitioner or you're you're looking to start um you know right now we're talking about the idea of transferring or switching gyms not don't worry yourself about the um about the affiliations don't worry yourself about the teams i think i know it's really easy to get caught up in somebody else's drama right like you're saying yeah but think of it in the way of like that's like saying you know hey you went to this college i went to that college we're football rivals so now we can't work together it's like what what are you talking about like like yeah like somebody else's beef isn't your own beef. And it's really hard. It's phenomenal about jujitsu where, I, you know, we could still pinpoint, we could follow a dotted line to what we consider the source and the lineage of our jujitsu. It's amazing that you and I can literally say, hey, we're going to go to Marcelo's gym. A lot of people consider Marcelo Garcia the greatest of all time, who's like, you know, the Michael Jordan of jujitsu. We can say, hey, we're going to go train with Marcelo or we're going to go train with Gordon Ryan right now right gordon ryan's a big hot name hey we're gonna go train with these guys we're i can't go and play basketball with michael jordan i can't go and play basketball with shaquille o'neal i can't do that right yeah can't throw i can't play catch with tom brady right we're not doing that shit okay but in jiu-jitsu we can oddly enough 
But because we're so close to these greats, this, the greatness, we also kind of get pulled into their drama and their, and their ideologies and their, 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 their breakups, their makeups, you know, and we kind of get tossed into that because we're not that far away. And so, you know, dude, you, you actually reminded me of something you said earlier as well, which is like, you know, um, uh, you might like, you know, I always say, talk to your coach, talk to someone that can help you through this decision. But, you know, certain people are in certain positions, like, uh, you know, let's name any famous jujitsu guy and he'll be very opinionated and he's talking, he doesn't know you, doesn't know your situation, doesn't know your school and say, Oh, that's bullshit. That's fake jujitsu or what? Like, you know, like, what do you mean testing for belts? You know, like they have very opinionated about stuff, but the reality is, you know, similar to why people are scared to ask questions to someone who they see as authority figure, like, or they don't, they're not even scared. They're just, they didn't even think to question. Like they're like, Oh, it's just the thing. You don't do that. Um, as much as that is the case is also realize like stop giving people uh their opinions value when they're really good at something you know what i mean um you would like to think and it's typically true if you're really smart in one area they're probably very like they apply that same approach to everything else right right but when you're talking about combat sport and then you're talking about some guys see martial arts as a sport and not a martial art it's just a means to an end it's like you don't want to listen to those guys you know what i mean like yes if they talk about technique open your motherfucking ears. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. don't ask them about relationship advice. Don't ask them about 401ks. Don't ask them. You know what I mean? Like we all know that, right? But it's yeah. like some people get lost in it and then fast forward to what you just said, which is, oh, I'm team Gordon. I'm team Keenan or bros. Like they just, they're, they're really good at one thing, but like doesn't mean like when it talks about um, uh, serology, ser- serology studies of antibodies and they don't know shit you know what i mean like i don't know what to tell you like i don't know shit either like i do my most research and i won't i will say certain things in certain front of certain people i feel comfortable with but like you know re- reality is there's a lot of motherfuckers that's giving away advice us included but right. you have to make the decision like the the way we're giving out information the way they're giving out information like what is their incentive what is our incentive like I want people to listen in and eventually maybe they'll hear about my gym and then come through. Like we're not making money doing this podcast, but I definitely want to help people. You know what I'm saying? So you got to really to the people that like, yeah, okay, good. I will ask my coach or I I will ask that guy that I respect, but like also be very careful about, you know, the information that this person says or this person says. Right. So um, it it makes it a little bit more challenging, but like you have to do it though. Cause you, you can't just assume a lot of things and then, make a decision off of that. You know what I mean? That's just not the correct way. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I like always say, you know, somebody, let's say, Hey, I go to a deli guy makes the bombest sandwiches in the world. Yeah. I'm not going to ask him about financial advice yeah. just because he's a master sandwich builder. Doesn't yeah. make him a master, you know, finance genius. Right. Yeah. And it's the same thing just because you're an amazing jujitsu practitioner or coach does not necessarily mean that you are, you know, a love guru or a science master or yeah, a mathematician yeah. or even, unfortunately, this is the true point, right? Is you're also not an amazing business guy either. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you, you're hundred percent right. It's like, um, although there are, I think it's fair to assume if someone's really good at something that they, they approached other things similar, assuming right. that they're a rational person. But in a lot of times, like in places where there's a lot of clout and like, like, a lot of public like uh attention mm-hmm. that probably not 
it's i don't know i don't really know people that are like that you know what i mean if you make money making a big ruckus on ig like you probably are not you know you're very opinionated and all that other stuff it's like eh, when does information stop and like bravado like takes over you know what i'm saying so careful about that um but yeah you're right it's just you know it just makes it harder when this guy is a major competitor and you're asking him about jujitsu you know it's it's like oh well isn't that same vein it's like no not really it's like it's 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 not it's harder to say that so find someone you respect and ask them like it doesn't have to be a world famous guy it's like it can be that that blue belt that you train with all the time and just ask him like hey what's your opinion about this and then you are you or you should respect that person that knows you better um their opinion than someone who you who don't even know what you look like you know what i'm saying like they don't they can't even read your face and like try to walk you through things like this that's just not the case so yeah there that's a pitfall of asking but definitely ask though but be your own um judge of character and like give people um uh, give people's thoughts value based on like what you think of it you know what i'm saying like understand where they're coming from understand if they have incentive to say one thing or the other and then just decide so yeah absolutely i think um and then i think the final step is um how do you do it like how do you not how do you choose a school let's say you found you did everything right you found the school and now you're like um if you moved to okay yeah that's a good example like your your current school you are you know what school you want to get to how do you make that pro transition happen how do you make that process happen like some things we can get out of the way if you're if you haven't been training for a really really long time and you don't really have a connection to that old school you're free. You're free. Right. Yeah. Do your thing. Start tomorrow. Right. Uh, it's the only time it gets complicated is even if you're not training, but let's say you took a year off, but you white to Brown somewhere, they're going to, when you come back, you should be going back to that school. So, you know, um, figure out where your where you, your jujitsu is sitting, like which Academy, because I'll tell you what, when a student comes to me, that's belted already. The first thing I say is like, are you still training there? And if they're not, because the first thing I was like, okay, who's going to promote this guy if he gets better, right? right? That's the ultimate question that a coach would think about when he thinks, is he my student or their student? Is he training here or is he part of the team? There's, there's a difference, right? Mm -hmm. So this is why there's a correct way to do all this is because it's not just making people feel better. Like that's a part of it. You know, you care about other people. They care about you. But it's also setting up the stage so there's there everyone's in the clear you know it might be awkward but it's not this is this has to be done or else um you might not get the recognition that you deserve or you might not be treated the way you deserve or you might not be uh paired up the way you want to be paired up like this initial conversation um it's gonna be very important so like if if i was if i've been training somewhere currently training or took a break for even a year but i've been with this school for a real long time you know, I'm, I'm on a first name basis with this dude. You know what I mean? So if I have to move, one of the things that you could ask your coach is, Hey, I'm going to Chicago. And uh, do you know anybody in Chicago that I should check out? And um, even if you don't listen to what they say, do it as more of like a respect thing because you're, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're pulling them into your decision-making process. It isn't, I moved to Chicago. Here's the gym. Okay. I got to go. Bye. You know, that's better than nothing. You know, it's better than ghosting, but you should get them on board because the reality is if, if let's say you're moving, but you're on the cusp of a black belt or you're on the cusp of a brown belt, these serious belts, there's no doubt that new coach is going to physically call the old coach and be like, Hey, I got your guy. What are you thinking? Cause I I'm seeing what he's doing. He's killing it. 
you know or like she's amazing i don't know what the hell why she's not can you explain to me why and then he'd be like well um she's working on something right now and you know i don't know if she's going to still do it when she's over there but i just want to let you know like she's heavy into competing and she wants the chicago open title so you know like let's let i just focus on her stuff like that. He's like, oh that makes a lot of sense okay got it you know this does happen in the background um is it common i don't know it's it, it definitely happens but i don't know the rate at which it happens but it definitely happens and um shit happens to happen to me when there was a kid that was at the berkeley um the berkeley club and he was wearing a white belt but he's ragdolling everyone and i was like and then like I asked him and he was like, yeah, I'm a white belt. And then I, I, he, I asked him what, where he trained at. I called him up and they're like, he's been a blue belt here for two years. You tell me he's a white belt. He's like, yeah. It's like, I just saw him during the summer. He was here with his blue belt on. I was like, well, I'm seeing him right now. He's got a white belt on. So yeah. what's going on? He's like, okay, I'll call him. He's like, all right, cool. Thank you. You know what I mean? So there's all, I'm just giving you the context. So what I'm telling people right now is if you have, uh, an affiliation with a particular team or, or instructor, you need to tell them, like, it's better if you bring them on to the decision-making process, even if you don't actually listen to them, at least make them feel like they're a part of that because they should be, you know what I mean? They, they, they helped you grow. So like letting someone go is another step in that process. Right. And then, um, and talk to them when you first go to the gym and I've done it until you've done it before you even like, step foot in the gym or the second you step foot in the gym, you go to the coach and say, Hey, my name is this. I'm considering a new gym. I'm, I'm going to move to the area soon. Um, I, from this, um, this is my coach. Da, da, da. And he'll be like, Oh, I've heard of that. Okay, cool. That's what's up. That's awesome. Okay. And then at least give the new guy the context. And so he can sort of adjust if he needs to that's best for his team and for you. And so if that happens, that intro happens, you definitely need the outro with your current coach. You know what I'm saying? Right. You got to tell your coach, it's like, hey, this is, the co- this is the school I checked out and they're awesome and it's really close to my work and it's really, and then, you know, they have a kid's program and then my kid's going to be able to do jiu-jitsu. What do you think? And whether they say, fuck that guy or like, oh, that's great. I know that guy. It doesn't matter. You just got to tell him though. Mm-hmm. Because at this time, he can't do anything about it. You're leaving. So, but the worst thing you can do is just ghost. You know what I'm saying? Because I've seen people are too scared of that conversation. But trust me, it's not a scary conversation. The coaches rather have that conversation than not. If, but people avoid that conversation. They train somewhere. And then on Instagram, your current coach just sees you in the freaking lineup at another school. He will feel some type of way about it. Right. He will be like, he'll DM you like whatever. And you just want to avoid that. You know what I'm saying? So you want everything to be copacetic. You feel well, me? And you yeah, do that through communication. Yeah, and I think it goes both ways in the way that as a as a coach or a business owner to talk to like I'm I'm gonna say like so I've worked at a place before where they were losing employees. Okay. And I was talking to one of the engineers and I'm like, Oh, why did this person leave? And he says, Oh, well, during their exit interview, they said they just wanted to try something different. Mm. And, and I said, try something different. I said, so, so do we offer them more money? Did we offer them a better schedule? Like, I know I was asking all these questions. And finally I said, do you know what try something different means to me? And he's like, what? I said, they were unhappy. Uh-huh. They, you know, nothing that you could have given them 
would make them stay, meaning that they still liked something about here because they were nice enough to not say, fuck you, I'm out of here, right? Or just ghost. But in their exit interview, they made sure that they made it so that you couldn't offer them something else because they wanted to try something different, mm. right? And so from a business point of view or, or as, a, as an instructor, talking to your people and saying, hey, why are you leaving? You're not, yeah, you might try to convince them to stay if you can, if it's feasible, um, right? Like you were talking about, about talking to your instructor. Hopefully if somebody came to you or somebody came to me and said, hey, I'm leaving because of this reason. If they were being honest with you and saying, hey, I'm leaving because of this. And we say, I didn't know that. Maybe it was something they didn't know. Yeah. Right. Maybe it was something that they could make a difference about, or they're going, Oh man, congratulations. you got a new job. That's phenomenal. You know, let me help you along your way. And you give them the, the ability to kind of lead you to that next step. So even with you leaving, they're still instructing you and that yeah. matters to, uh, an, to, to an instructor. So, so one, the instructor gets something out of this so-called exit interview and you're able to either self-assess if it was something that you could do different or now you just have the ability to kind of say, Hey, I would check out these, these gyms or you just give them the advice, train everywhere, try everybody's free shit, try them out, see if you like them. If you need any help, give me a call. I'll even try and help out if I can. That. That's, that's, that's also something I didn't mention that is a good point. It's like, you know, if you came up with someone, whether it's two years, three years, whatever, um, and it's everything cordial and you did the right things, you have that person in your back pocket, whatever. Now, you know what I mean? Like if you decide to move back or whatever, like you want that, you know, this is assuming healthy relationships. Right. And when you go to Chicago, that old, that new gym, that's not the old gym. You got them now. You know what I mean? Like, this is what's great about the community. This is what I, when I hear the word community, BGA community, that's what I think. I think that we're all connected some way. And so um, you, you want to do the right things because the quote unquote right thing, because you have all these benefits that happen after that. You know what I mean? Like, um, but let, let's talk about when you have a really toxic environment and what do you do then when you're going to go somewhere else? Well, I still say, talk to the guy. You know what I mean? Like be open to having a conversation like that. The coach, you might think he's toxic, but then the coach explains their, their voodoo magic on you. You know what I mean? Like, this is why I did all these things for you because yeah. I thought that, and it did it not help you. I was like, you're right. It did help me. I didn't think of it that way. Be, be prepared to like be, you know, convinced otherwise, you know, there's always a chance for that because the coach that you think is an asshole might actually really, really care about you. And like, this is how, this is just how they show it. And they didn't yeah. have, you didn't, you didn't give them a chance to explain that's I've seen that, you know what I mean? But if they blow the fuck up and be like, man, you're, you're ingrateful. Like I knew it since day one, like you're just here to take stuff and you're not going to put back into the Academy. Okay. Feel good about that because he just confirmed your decision. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, um, it's, it's, it's not the religious thing I'm about to bring up, but it's like, I, I, my, I was in the Muslim student association in Berkeley and like, or I wasn't officially in it or I was, I don't know. I was hanging out with all the homies I was. And then that's essentially it. This is the group. It was like, okay, cool. Like, that's what's up. I even got the sash, you know what I mean? And they taught me that like, you know, in their religion, if something good happens, you say, Oh, give thanks, you know? But if something bad happens, say, Oh, give thanks. Because you know, I, I needed that. Like I always tell people like, uh, someone says like, Hey, uh, you cool with your girl going out on that trip with that dude. And like, I, and in my mind, I'm like, 
why because the chance of her cheating is higher it's like yeah it's like well she's gonna cheat she's gonna cheat i'm happy she does it right now rather than later when we got kids or whatever you know what i'm saying so there is definitely a positive to just talking about it because you might be the upside is oh my god they reveal the the magic and then be like how and it's like oh there was a method to the madness. You know what I mean? Like, I love this gym. See, I didn't want to leave. Now I'm going to stay. Okay, cool. Gonna stay. No, 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 no. <laughs> then there's the other side where the guy is like ridiculing you and you're just, and she, she was so mean to me and she just said I didn't do anything or whatever. Well, be super stoked. Now you cannot, you don't need to look back. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll tell you what, one of the things, even in a toxic gym environment, whether it's from the coach or from the team, you're still going to have the um, one or the other. Meaning if the coach is an asshole, but you love the team, when you leave, that team is still, you know, you can still hit them up and be like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you're in Chicago. Oh, come back. Come to my gym. I'll show you around. Boom. That's awesome. Or if the people were shit, but the coach always had your back, you got someone that's there for you and you got their back. You know what I mean? So um, even if it's good or bad, it doesn't change the fact. I just see no reason why you – shouldn't have that intro when you visit that school, but also that outro when you're ready to leave, because right. those relationships will never like, there's a chance they'll just never go away. Like there's a chance, like every time you're in this area, you know, I got hoes in different area codes. It's like, I got, I got homies. I got homies in different area codes. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a benefit to that. And if someone, and if you're extending that bridge out to them and they burn it, like let, at least you're, you know, what's up. You know, when I called my coach, white to brown and he's just talking shit to me over the phone he's like you and you're ungrateful and all this other shit i was just like oh, okay i know for a fact i'll never look back this is exactly what i needed to hear i kept it gucci and uh he didn't and so it's it's a wrap you know what i mean and in, it was a learning lesson for me but if i never made that call i would have been like damn i got loyalty and blah, blah, blah. loyalty is a two-way street so you know have that call or have that conversation i'm telling you it's it's very very important you know what i mean yeah, yeah no for sure for sure i think it it sets the precedent for what that what your relationship will be with them moving forward if there is going to be a relationship yeah. right yeah um and you know i'll i'll, I'll kind of go back to my my personal situation where you know i went to a gym um like i said uh was under eduardo uh and that but that black belt had a falling out with Eduardo when he uh, opened up the gym. Mm. Like they were not talking. They were not cool at all. Like not cool. Right. And then um, because they moved the gym uh, further North, another 30 minutes, I was like, I can't, I can't make it. I'm going to go to a different gym. Now this is under another black belt under Eduardo. Uh. Right. Uh, he's another black belt under Eduardo, but now he's, but he's still, re- he's, he's still under Eduardo. Uh-huh. Right. So I remember the first time, and again, Eduardo's kind of similar, right? Old school as old school can get, right? I mean, he has pictures with him, you know, standing next to Helio and, and, Hoy, and, and Hoyler, Hoyler right? yeah. I mean, you know, and, and Salo and, and, and Janji and, and, you know, growing up in, in Brazil and training with Helio himself. So very old school, right? And I remember I show up, and this is kind of going to give – people who are, I mean, I'm talking about switching gyms from a, in a hostile environment where you know you're going to the rival gym, okay? So I'm going, I go and I'm training and we end up actually going, I end up going to a seminar for Eduardo, okay? And it was at a different gym. And so I went, it's the first time I'd ever met Eduardo. And I show up 
and we go through the whole thing and I'm a blue belt at the time. We go through the whole entire seminar. And then he says, Hey, he said, Edson, Edson, Edson. He called me Edson. He says, he goes, come here. <laughs> like I stand up. I'm like, yeah, sure. What's up? And he goes, okay. He goes, you show everybody all the technique. I said, what? He, you show everybody, you know, he knew I was a, a blue belt under a guy. He, he despises. So now he's going to make me go do the whole thing. You show every move that we went over through the seminar. I just learned those moves, right? I'm like, all right, I'll do my best. <laughs> and I, I get through the whole thing. And the black belt that I was under, uh, Vernie, he was friends with Jeremy still. So he knew what was going on. He was like, oh, shit. Like, I know what's going on. There's some testing going on, right? This was my, this was my indoctrination into the, like you said, are you training? Or are you on the team? Yes. This was Eduardo's like, let's see if you're on the team and let's see how good, you know, you're a blue. This is the first color belt he'd ever seen under Jeremy. So he's like, I want to see what it looks like. Uh, okay. So I go through it, show every move. I think I forgot one move, but then he was like, oh, no, no, do the other way. And like, oh, this one. Okay. So I did it. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, he can't expect me to memorize it. Boom, boom, boom. But I was able to repeat every move. And then afterwards, Bernie comes up, puts his arm. He goes, bro, he goes, Eduardo was testing you. Yeah. And I go, oh, I just thought like, all right, I just, he just picked me. But I was like, oh, yeah. cool, cool. All right. And, you know, and then what's funny is that the next time I show up at Jeremy's gym, I told Jeremy what happened. And he goes, how did you do? I said, I did fine. And he goes, thanks. Yeah. I'm like, thanks for what? He goes, yeah. you, you made me look good. I yeah. guarantee you, even though they're on the outs, it was important for Eduardo to know that Jeremy was still promoting people good enough to hold up Jeremy's name, even though he was no longer related to Eduardo. So it was like this weird web of, of I'm still making Jeremy proud. And that's still making Eduardo proud. And that made Vernon. So every three of these three black belts that are in this love triangle of drama are all going, Edsel did well. And so that's good. You know? I love yeah. that. I love that because look, as much, this is why is you, wow. I have a couple like reactions to that story because it's like, this is why I say teams, I don't care what team you're on. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not going to judge you by your team. You know what I mean? And um, or you, and you shouldn't do me either. Let's just let's judge each other on our merits. You know what I mean? Because, because what's really important to me is the jujitsu. You know what I mean? And as much as these guys have issues, it's really about the jujitsu. You know what I'm saying? And so that that's that's how it should be. So I, I fuck with that, and that's reality. I would I would assume most coaches are going to be the same. They're just like, because then um yeah, the second part is um uh. This goes back to why I say talk to the people because, you know, even though you hate that gym, you hate that coach or whatever, your new coach, as much as you tell them you hated that other school, whatever, they don't know that for sure. So they're going to judge you based on, they're going to make a judgment on your coach based on how you're performing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you still have that connection to them. What Even if you don't, the coach will have that connection, right? right. So this is why they need to know because, you know, I'll, I'll give you a little insight. Like, um, and Edson knows this, but like in, in the, um, I had a, I had a really good friend of mine. He joined my school, but he was training somewhere else. And I asked it, I asked the, I asked him, and this is not to flame my student, but it's just like, it's an honest mistake because 
no one really mentored him like that. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I said, the first thing I said, that other school, are you done? He's like, well, the contract's due in like a month. So I'm going to finish out the contract and then, you know, I'll still train here. So I'll do double time for a month, but you know, when it's done, you know, you're the homie. Like I, we, I, I we trained together at Berkeley and all that stuff. So it's like, okay, let's make it happen. All right, cool. So you good. He's like, you, you talk to the guy. Right. And I was, I talking to him as a friend because I know he's, he avoids certain, con- certain things, you know, I was like, okay. you made sure you talked to him. Right. And he was like, yeah, I talked to him. I talked to him. Well, I talked to the owner and I was like, owner instructor i don't know if they're the same i don't know i don't know that's that school so all right all right cool i mean you're telling me it worked out i'm gonna trust you it worked out fast forward like a two months or so and um i reach out to him i think the his former instructor or something like that i don't know just saw something on ig i'm like oh congrats or whatever i forget and he hits me back with like a long ass essay and i'm like going back i'm like confused like why are you so mad like what is going on and then he claiming i stole a student all this stuff but i go back to my guy and i'm thinking this coach is nuts you know what i mean but i go to my guy and then uh he's just like oh oh that oh yeah i didn't tell him i didn't tell him anything (laughs) and um i pretty much ghosted him but i told the owner i'm sure the owner told him yeah and i was like man, fuck the owner. He didn't teach you anything. Like he's not your coach. He's like, you should talk to your coach. Cause you talked to me and he didn't even talk to me. I talked to him for, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he was just like, Oh no, I never really, I guess I should have talked to him. And I was like, yeah, you should. And I was like, you see all this He blowing me up saying I stole his shit. And I'm like, dude, I had, I mean, we're homies. Like, you know, but this is, this could have been avoided if you just had that intro talk and that outro talk because right. Um, uh, I became collateral like damage or whatever because it's like he had an issue he's been having an issue with him but then now that issue is extended into me now you know what I'm saying so like last thing you guys want to do is leave a toxic environment I'm not saying his situation was toxic because my guy's weird too so you know I love him but he's weird but (laughs) so it's all good so but segue to the next bit of this part which is um, hypothetically, if you're coming from a toxic environment and um, you ghosted him, you know, that doesn't just relinquish any type of toxicity. Like it's going to fuel their toxicity. And guess what? Who gets affected? Yeah, you get affected. Even if he doesn't DM you, like he might start spewing nonsense to the rest of the team saying like, see this guy he loves you. He's never going to make it or whatever. Um, and then also that splashes over to my school too, because again, those guys to accept him, like, are you crazy? Like, I'm not saying that's what he said, but I'm just saying like, hypothetically, like this is very likely to happen too. So the last thing you want to do is come to someone else's school with a bunch of baggage and talking to them helps. You know what I mean? In your situation is so similar. Like it didn't end up super bad or anything, but, um, you know he's your new coach is asking about that old coach and the old coach is like trying to ask you about you know he didn't ask you but like he asked you to show which is like you know a test and so but guess what Edsel obliged and Edsel communicated and Edsel performed and this is what's expected out of students you know what I mean like um I did it Edsel you clearly did it like we need everyone to do it it's just hold up your end of the bargain because if a coach is going out of business and then he just locks the doors one day and you can't get in how the fuck are you going to feel about that coach you know what i'm saying you're gonna be like what the fuck i thought we had something i thought we had something special you know what i mean i would assume he would have told me or whatever so don't do that to the, the coach like you, you extend that same thing that they'll do for you to them you know if you don't think that they'll do it to you talk to them anyways it it, it will help your transition dude it'll help 
you when you go to the new gym, all that shit. Because yeah. you know, um, what if that that gym owner travels to Chicago and like um, competes in the same tournament, and then they 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 might not be competing against you, would it be crazier? But like they're both coaching, and then they're gonna run into each other. You don't want to make like it's just so unnecessary. The the student needs to make sure the intro and the outro happens. You know what I mean? Like I've been affected by it it's totally avoidable it's totally necessary and it's totally good for everyone you know what i mean yeah 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 dude and i think i i don't know i think that's all of it that's we 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 covered a lot right so we're closing on i think almost two hours just on how to switch gyms right but i want to emphasize that we're not talking about switching gyms we're talking about um how to choose a school we're talking about how to transition a school how to think about um, the issues that you might be having and whether or not your conclusion is justified. I'm just, what we're trying to do is provide some advice, but mainly mentorship because a mentor will help walk you through scenarios. And if you have someone that can mentor you through things, you know, that should be your coach. It should be upper belt people. It should be all those people you trust. Um, Reach out to them because you can't really make these really big decisions like leaving the gym for a year and a half thinking that you hate the gym when you don't hate the gym you just hated certain things about the gym you know what i'm saying so um yeah we talked about so many things so it's not black and white you know the your coach is your coach you know they are on a certain pedestal they're higher ranked than you they've seen that they've done that and they that does deserve respect and there is a role to be played but don't put them on a pedestal like that you know what i mean like yeah, they can be on a, like, maybe they're on a pedestal, but they're not, you know, they're not someone that you can't question or you shouldn't question. Like, let them tell you you shouldn't question them, but ask the question because if you never asked, you never knew that you could have had countless hours of conversations that helped you as a person, that helped you in jiu-jitsu, helped them as a person, helped them in their jiu-jitsu. Like, um, it's all like communicating, realizing there's, there's more than you being involved in this decision. And since there's more people, including your team and the people that care about you and the people that will care about you, people who never met you, but will love you when they meet you, this is a real big issue. And this is a real big step. So um, it needs to be checked every step of the way. And I hope that this episode was helpful in that regard. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, so that's the main thing. Like, this is, this is exact advice that I wish I had when I was going through this situation. You know what I mean? Like, I always tell people, um, the reason why I give the advice I do is because I've made the mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I, I, I try to lead by example, but I, I'm actually leading from my mistakes. And so um, learn from me, learn from Metzl, you know, think about our experiences. Like we, um, to me, there's a very clear and appropriate way to do certain things. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it doesn't involve questioning and pushing it back on people you think is someone you shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? So um, any, any last words there, Metzl? No, man. I think we're, we're good. Damn, we killed it, bro. That was a long one. Yeah. <laughs> just want to, I figured it was a good idea. I just want to shout out all the gyms that we mentioned. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Thank, thank you to any place that I trained at. Much yeah. appreciation. Um, you know, sorry that I named names, if, but, you know, it's the reality. It's all, love. Yeah. It's all reality. And, and it was all good. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like I said, my, my experience and, and how I was treated um, you know, regardless of the, the drama that, or, or the, the arguments or disagreements that my coaches had, luckily, besides that one time when I was initiated, um, there was no hostility, no words said, no yeah. judgment being placed. And, uh, 
you know, again, luckily enough, I was in a place where, you know, uh, the guys separated. And again, like you said, it's because the instructors want the people there. Yeah. It's not that they don't want them there, you know? Yes. Um, and because, you know, maybe it was my personality, the way that I approached it, you know, I didn't walk in with a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. So even if they were questioning it in the beginning, because I just rolled with it and I didn't question them at that time, they let it go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like, make it easy for them to be nice to you. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, have you ever been really nice to someone and they're just a dick and you just makes it really hard to be nice to them or even care about them after that point? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Or, or, you know, like you said, it, it's a, it's a, it's a two way street, right? So yeah. for me to gain the, the respect is that same way. I had to gain their respect because I was kind of targeted or, or not, not tainted, but I had something that I walked in with that yeah. they were prejudging me, right? Yeah. Whether or not it was justified or cool or not, who knows? That's not the point. The point was, was that, once I was cool, once I proved that my, the, the belt rank that I had and that I was just there to learn and that I wasn't there to participate in the, in the argument. Yeah. Everything, everything was kosher. Nobody cared anymore. Yeah. You, you actually killed it again. It's just like, um, if you don't want to deal with the politics, you don't have to, you know what I mean? Like, um, like I said, it goes into students have more options and control than they realize. You know, it's not, it's a decision whether you want to be in politics or not, whether you want to rep hard or not. You know what I mean? Um, whether you want to even deal with what um, Edsel did. Like if, if Edsel was like, this is initiation, like let's, it's, it's do or die time. Let's get it. This is fun. Yeah. If it, to you, it could be a choice and be like, that's not real, bro. Like, I don't even want to deal with that. That's your choice. You know, like it's yeah. not, it, none of saying yes or no in that situation doesn't mean that you can't train. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I want everyone to be mindful of that shout out to uh, Mike at uh, one world, right? Heard a lot of great things about that dude. Want to meet him one day. Shout out to my coach Milton. Uh, shout out to Eduardo Farga and the guys at health Gracie Berkeley that I train with. Shout out to the club at Berkeley. Um, you know, shout out to all the gyms I trained in Brazil. Like there, you know, when it comes to switching gyms, it's another topic is how to appropriately visit a gym. I think that's another topic, but it's, you know, most of it's covered here. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, shout out to BAME Jiu Jitsu. You feel me? <laughs> if anyone's in Fremont, let me know. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and don't, and I'm not encouraging people to switch gyms. Like, don't get it twisted. I'm just, if you want, if you need to do it, this is how you should think about doing it. You know what I mean? Um, the reality is, um, every time I've left a gym, like when I think about Carlson Gracie or Andre Alamal, and when I think about Carlson Gracie South Bay, like I still feel like I'm part of their their squad there you know what i mean there's people i don't know everyone you know what i mean but there's a few people i really am close to and um i'm not officially part of the team but the coach just makes me feel like i'm part of the team so there's mad love there mad love with lana stay in los altos with alex and milton happy birthday to milton bastos this birthday oh, yeah. was birthday. yesterday dude it's crazy right. and um just mad love for them for what they've done and just you know uh, mad love to Edsel, you know, like when he came in, he did it the right way. He did it the right way. He asked me all the right questions, offered the correct way to offer like, Hey, like I just want to train da, da, da. like, no way. Love that shit. Right. So there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. And the wrong way hurts, you know, you can do it the wrong way. And then you might not think it's the wrong way, but you know, I'm strictly looking at it from the perspective of what's, what is there to gain and what is there to lose? You know what I'm saying? And if you, if there's a chance you do it, not, if you do it the unguided way, it, it might start, um, 
it might put you on the wrong footing in the very beginning. Yeah. Or you could have built something amazing and just burned a bridge without you even knowing it. Okay. And we don't want that because Jiu-Jitsu community is small. So um, everyone knows each other. So just keep that in mind. You know what I mean? Like it's better to be one of the good, good guys, one of the good girls um, than someone who's just like, man, fuck that guy. You know what I'm saying? So that's the main thing. This said, this is hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode. Um, thank you, Etzel. You know what I mean? Thanks, brother. I didn't think we can get to two hours on this idea, but we went. Man, so <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> it's just what happens. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, guys. And uh, on to the next one. See ya. Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any subject requests or just want to chat, feel free to reach out to Denny or I via DM through the Instagram handle at from the dojo podcast or via email at Daniel at from the dojo.com or Denny. That's D E N N E Y at from the dojo.com. Looking forward to hearing from you.